Thank you. All right, open your Bibles tonight to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Let's study this together tonight. Psalm 34. Some have called this psalm a lesson from a cave. And we'll find out what that means here in just a little bit as we look at some of the background of this psalm. Psalm 34. But first of all, let's read the first few verses and then let's study it together. May God help us tonight to, uh, to apply it, to practice it in our hearts and in our lives. Yes. These psalms were written for our admonition and for our learning. Well, I want to be this guy, that is, that not David. I want to be this guy right here that's got this attitude. Verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. I want you to notice, first of all, in these first three verses, David has made a commitment. That is, I probably no doubt at that moment and in the future, because he says, I will, and he says, my soul shall and uh, he asked others to join him. And he's referring to what he's going to be doing in the future with his praise to God. Now, this comes from his circumstances that he has just gone through. And God has taught him some valuable lessons. Now listen, there is no way you and I are going to escape lessons that come our way in life, it's just a question, are you going to learn anything from those lessons? Now, it's faster. You can learn faster by listening. But you can learn deeper by going through some lessons as well. They'll They'll touch you in areas that your ears will never be able to go down into. Okay? Now, let's look at the circumstances behind this. I want to read the next couple of verses, then we're going to look at where he's coming from here. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord. Now, he's referring to what happened in the past. Okay? He's made up his mind. His commitment is to continue to praise the Lord. He's learned something. He's learned something valuable. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. That's past tense. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me. From all my fears. That's important. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, again, past tense, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Okay, now let's look and see what he's talking about here. All right, turn quickly in, in back a few pages to 1 Samuel 21. 1 Samuel 21. Up to this point in 1 Samuel, the first few chapters, several chapters of the book of 1 Samuel, David has known nothing but victory. And God has richly blessed him. He's been a shepherd. He's elevated, goes out into the battlefield and takes down Goliath. He's promoted into the kingdom to, to be next to the king, being his own personal musician. 
and uh, is a servant. And God has richly elevated him and blessed him. And sometimes not everybody is excited about your advancements. And they're not excited about your prosperity and how well that you do. As a matter of fact, what happened after David was elevated? Anybody remember what happened in, in a certain man's heart? Saul was very envious of him, very jealous of him, to the point of where that he wanted to take his life and had David done anything wrong? Not, not a thing, except obey the Lord and just try to be a blessing. Uh, you know, you're going to be ashamed of yourself if God brings somebody into your life and all they want to do is be a blessing to you. And just because they're better than you at some things, there ain't no need in you shoving them out of your life. Right. Amen. Amen. If all you're worried about is always being some having people around you that make you look good, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Amen. There really is. Yeah. And so, but God put this man in him not to be a threat to him, but to be a blessing to him. Yes. David would have given his life for the king. David would have done anything to protect Saul. Yes. But Saul saw him as a threat because of his own personal insecurities. Listen, God's going to send some people into your life. Can, can you accept them? Can you let them into your life? You know, and, and let them be a blessing to you? And everybody's not after what you have. Right. <laughs> not everybody is. Okay? And, and so let's look at this. So here he is now. He's Now he's running. He's on the run because he went from being, you know, like the, the top guy under Saul to, to the bottom guy because now he's on the wanted posters, and the men are after him because Saul jealousy. So David's on the run. Jonathan has helped him escape. He stopped by Abimelech, uh, excuse me, Ahimelech, the uh, priest, uh, to get some bread. And because he's on the run. And so not, and so he stops by there in chapter number 21, and he asked him that he have any bread. And he said, well, all I got here is what the priests are supposed to use, and it's hallowed bread. And so David takes that. And then he says, you got any I'll put it in our, our terminology. You got any guns with you? You know? And uh, he said, well, we got one gun. It's the one you use to kill Goliath. And it's a big one. And so you can have it. So anyway, he's talking about the sword. So right. he takes that sword and goes with him and leaves. And so when you pick this up, uh, if you would, in verse chapter 21, verse number 10. And David arose and fled that day. Now notice what it says, for fear of Saul. Okay, so what we read in Psalm 34... He said, the Lord delivered me from all my fears. Okay, now that, that had to happen, but it hadn't happened yet. He's learning something. Okay, and uh, here he says, for fear of Saul. Because he's going to mention a couple of things in that psalm about the fear of God and the fear of man. Now, now listen, I know that you say you don't ever fear man. But there are circumstances sometimes that come into your life that people can really hurt you. And undo you. And, uh, and it's easy sometimes for fear to creep in. Yes, yes. And you'll notice here in verse 10 it says, and, and David rose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? No, he's not king yet, right? But they've been listening to the radio stations. And the radio stations who used to say, and that hear on the radio, that Saul had slain his thousands, well, they heard on the radio station that David had been slaying his ten of thousands. And that was making the top ten. 
All right, so the Bible says in verse 11, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David is ten thousands? Jealousy. Envy. But, but even the heathen have heard this song. Verse 12 says, And David laid up these words in his heart, and look at what it says, And was sore afraid of Achish, king of Gath. And I'm going to tell you something about fear. Maybe you've never experienced it, but I think that you have and you will. You may not always tell people that it's inside of you. You may not even tell your wife that it's inside of you. She may not even tell you that it's inside of her. But fear will, it, it, it can disorient you to, to, to where that you can do some things that are very foolish and very fleshly. And uh, David loved the Lord, but here you find him doing something that's pretty bad, pretty dumb. Uh, for example, Abraham lied about Sarah. Why? Because he was afraid. Elijah had just killed over 400 prophets of Baal. Then he ran. Why? Because he was afraid of Jezebel. So even the best of us at times can be afraid. And fear can be like the ocean in that the waves of fear can come when they choose to come, not when you predict them to come. They just come. And you have to deal with them. But not only that, but fear can distort reality. And, and it can kind of blind you to the promises of God like the 12 spies that were sent over into the promised land. And they saw how big these men were, and 10 of them came back, and they said, we cannot go. Why did they say that? Because they were afraid. But two of them, 10 of them said, man, those guys are too big for us to fight. Two of them came back and said, those guys are too big for us to miss. Right. And one of them was controlled by fear. One group was controlled by fear, but not the other two. It, it immobilizes you. Did right. you know that it, that it discouraged? When, when, when people get afraid, it, it, it spreads. Fear can spread. Yes. Doubt can spread. Yes. It's contagious. Yes. I don't know how it was when I've never been in the military, but I do study uh, military <clears throat> books, and I do study the Bible, and I know in uh, when Moses was getting the armies together, one of the requirements, like, for example, if a man just got married, he was to wait for a year before he was to go into battle. He was to take care of his wife. But also, the Bible says, if he was afraid, any man, if he was fearful, if he was afraid, do not come to combat with us. Because if you get in combat with us and you're afraid and you turn, there's going to be other people that are going to follow you. And we don't need that. So stay home if you're afraid. And then... The Bible says that Gideon did the very same thing. You know what? He had 32,000 already against it, like 135,000. I mean, he already, it was already greatly outnumbered. And the Lord said, you got 35,000. That's still too many. Right. And so the Lord, so, so, so Gideon said, all right, any of you guys uh, want to go home because you, you're afraid or you're scared? Well, 25,000. Yeah, I'm leaving. But the Lord would rather those who are full of fear to leave. He'd rather have those that have some courage to stand. 
Because fear is contagious. Right. Okay? So here's, when you see David looking at it, here's a mighty man. A man that was willing to stand against your life when nobody else would. Well, I mean, when those muscle-bound guys were out there for Israel, they backed off, but David stood up. And he said, I'll fight him. I fought a lion, I fought a bear, and I'll fight him. I ain't afraid of him. I'll go in the name of the Lord. But fear sometimes causes you to forget the promises of God. God had already promised David. God had anointed David. And God had given him some promises. But when you get afraid, the feelings overcome the mind. And, and, and emotions can overcome your, 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 your memory banks about certain things. And so here he is. He's, he's, he's forgotten some things. And, uh, and, and so the Bible says here that he runs. But look what he says in verse 13. And, and I'll guarantee you, he's ashamed that the Holy Spirit let him write this down. You know what he does? When he, looks, when he goes out there and he hears those other soldiers saying, Do you realize who this guy is? This is the guy that killed Goliath. Are you going to let him in, in the camp? This is the guy that Israel is looking to as the next king, and you're going to let him hang in here? So the king is listening to what these men say, and David hears this. And verse number 13 says of chapter 21, And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself, what? Mad. Now, that's not throwing a temper tantrum. That's going crazy. And that's really what we mean when somebody, well, he got mad at me. We think they're temporarily insane. They'll tell you what they're going to do. But it says that he was mad. And look, he feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. He's foaming at the mouth and scratching on the walls. Does that sound like King David? Would you like for everybody to know some of the secrets of your life and your weakest moments, some of the things that you have done that you would have to write under the big S for stupid? <laughs> and, and even some of the things that you thought in your heart, maybe you didn't act upon it, but they were in your heart. And the fear will do that right. to us. Verse 14 says, Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, see, this man is mad. See, the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Why would you bring this guy in here to me? This is a crazy man. He said, Have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? So David is, now he's faking this because he knows if, if king if king looks at him like, like as, as he is, as, as the warrior that he is, he's going to kill him. And so he's faking this in order to save his life. You just don't know what you're going to do when your life literally is on the line. We just don't know. We think we'll know. We think, you know, we're bad dudes until we really are facing death. So the fear of man is real. But you'll notice now, verse number 20, chapter 22, verse 1 says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. Now he's escaped, he's gotten away from him, and he is now hiding out in a cave. All right? And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Now there's something about you if people would rather be with you in a cave rather than be with the king in a palace. Isn't that right? 
there's still something good about you. Now, they don't know what he's done of acting like a madman. That was a private thing there with those heathens. They don't know all this unless they read their Bibles after it was written, you know. <laughs> Verse 2 says, And every one, now look at this, everyone that was in distress, that means stressed out, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. That's not counting their families. 400 men gathered together to him in this cave. And it was in this cave, in this moment, when God is doing all these things for him, when he's thinking he's almost dead in the previous chapter, and now God is gathering him, an army, without him having to even blow a trumpet, without him having to send out draft notices. God's bringing him an army. So something has changed in David's heart and in David's life that has brought the blessings of God back upon him. And you'll notice also in verse number 5 that God sent him a prophet. God now was sending him a word. Verse number 5 says, And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold, depart, and get them the land of Judah. So now the Lord is giving him direction. So would you agree with me that something has happened in the cave? Okay. So let's go back to Psalm 34. And let's look, let, let, let's look and see what the Lord has done for him in one of his darkest moments as a young man who just simply wants to just wants to serve the Lord, just wants Amen. to be a good soldier, just a good citizen, just minding his own business. Then yes. he's in trouble. And by the way, if you want to serve the Lord, you're going to get in trouble from time to time. I mean, that's just the way it's going to happen. But notice this. The fear of man has done something uh, to, to move him in the right direction. The Bible says in verse number 4, when he was afraid, how did it, when he got to the cave, he began to seek the Lord. He realized. He says in verse 4, I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. He began to seek God and God. And then remember there is another psalm where he says, What time I am afraid, I will what? I will trust in thee. And so he's taking his fears and allowing his fears now to drive him to God. I mean, where else are you going to go with them? Eventually, once your flesh has run its path, where are you going to go with your fears? Once you've had some bad days and bad nights, what are you going to do? You know that there, there is no answer from the flesh. And so he begins to seek the Lord. And the Bible says, and he heard me. Now, we're going to notice some things here in this that's very important. And he's going to share this with us. Some lessons that he learned and to share. And you'll notice in the, what he did was he allowed the fear of God to overcome the fear of man. Boy, you got to get to that point right there. You just do. And let's look at that. Verse 7. He said, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that what? Fear. That fear him. And I think when you fear him, you trust him. Yeah. Look in verse 8. He said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that what? Trusteth in him. All right. Look in verse 9. Now he's exhorting us to fear the Lord. You saints. For there is no want to them that fear Him. 
and verse 11. He says, Come, you children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And so you can see that in that cave, he came to the conclusion, and maybe he was thinking back about how that God had blessed him and taken care of him and remembered how the Lord had delivered him. But what I do know that he is used to singing unto the Lord and praising the Lord, and he realized that his panic wasn't working. And his panic was not delivering him, was not helping him. And so he goes back to what he knows does work, and that is back to the Lord. Yes. And that's what we all have to do. I mean, I mean, when, when you have a bad day or you have a bad circumstance or you have a bad week and you're falling apart, well, when you get to the end of your rope and you've tied the knot on the end of the rope and you're hanging on, maybe at that point you'll remember, you know, I do have a God that I can go to. Yeah. Amen. And for some reason, sometimes we are slow about going to Him first right. when we're in this situation. But here He is. And He's letting us know that He has chosen the fear of the Lord. Now, notice what He says down here that He learned about the fear of the Lord and He wants us to learn it. Do you fear God? Amen. How would you measure that? You know, of course, we know the book of Proverbs is filled with things about those who fear the Lord, who hate evil. But notice what he says here in Psalm 34. And this is not all there is about fearing God, but he has given us some good advice and some good counsel and direction. This, by the way, this is quoted again over in 1 Peter. And he says down here in verse number 11, I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord. He says in verse 12, What man is he that desireth life? Well, we know David did. He didn't want to die in that situation and loveth many days. He did not want his days cut short. And he said, uh, not only that, but I'd like to see good. I don't want to just live. I don't want to just exist. I want to have a good life. Now, I don't mean good life meaning bank accounts, vacations. I'm talking about purpose in God's hand. Yes. Okay? That I may say good. Verse 13 says, well, you're going to have to watch your mouth. If you fear the Lord, you're going to have to watch what you say. He says, keep thy tongue from evil. And David knew the importance of what you do with your mouth when it comes to these moments. Are you going to praise God? Are you going to exalt Him? Or are you going to curse Him? Are you going to question Him? Are you going to murmur? Under your breath, nobody's hearing you but the Lord. But you're murmuring, and you're whining, and you're complaining, and you're bitter. He says, don't do that. Yeah. He said, keep your tongue from evil. Not only your tongue, but also your lips from speaking God. That has to do with your spirit. That you're not being sarcastic in your praise of God. But that you're being sincere. In your praise of God. Verse number 14 says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And so our, our selections matter. We have to make some choices of who we're going to hang around and whether or not we're going to pursue the will of God and do what is right. If we fear God, we will choose to do what is right. So, do you think that David was seeking some peace with, with, with King Saul? He says, I'm not going to kill him. 
Did he have a chance to kill him? Several times. He said, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that. He said, I'm going to seek peace. Matter of fact, he said, I'm even going to pursue it. I'm going to try to fix this. And when you fear God, you don't, just, you don't just cut people off. You try to fix it if you can. Now, some people won't let you fix it. Did Saul let him fix it? No, some people won't. But he tried to fix it. I want to be the guy that tries to fix our relationship. Are you going to let it happen? That's up to you. But at least I'm going to try to be a, a bridge builder, Brother Mike. Not blow the bridge up. I'm going to try to fix the bridge. So, hey, look, let's try to fix this if we can. We don't have to be best of buddies, but we don't have to be enemies. That's right. Amen. 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 We don't have to live in the same castle together, but we can be friends. Live in the same kingdom together. Amen. We can do that, can't we? Yes. Well, a man that fears God understands the importance of that. He fears the Lord. But I want you to notice how his confidence begins to increase. And I think this came from the power of praise. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that it, his promises, he believed. The, he began to believe the promises of God. And he began to praise the Lord from his heart. And I think that this, and by the way, that chases fear away. And it breeds confidence in your heart. Did you know that? There's power in praise. I'm not talking about chanting. I'm talking about in your mind, you understand some things about God and you say them with your mouth. You let God hear it, you let the angels hear it, and you let the devil hear it. It does something to you. It does something to your confidence. Don't let some of that crowd out there that abuses some of these things rob you of a principle and a truth that's in the Word of God. There is power in confessing the truth about God. And it will help you mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, and spiritually. Notice what he says in verse number 4. He said, I sought the Lord. Notice how his confidence is increasing. And and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now look in verse 6. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. He believes that God can and will deliver him. And he said, and save him out of all his troubles. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. You see a pattern here? He is confident that God will respond and deliver and save. And you'll notice with me in verse 17. Excuse me. Yeah, verse 17. He said, The righteous cry and the Lord what? He heareth. And delivereth, there it is again, them out of all of their, what? Troubles. Troubles. Wow. Verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord does what? He delivereth him out of them all. Verse 22. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate or forsaken by the hand of God. I think his confidence has increased. Uh, in uh, the uh, hand of God in this matter. Do you agree with that? The lessons from a cave here is that in his time of reflection, he has said this. He made up his mind, okay, I've learned some things now. And I've been out there on the desert. I've been out there, excuse me, on the hills as a shepherd. God helped me with this lion. God helped me with this bear. 
God helped me with Goliath. And now here I am in a situation that I've never faced before and I failed. I act like a fool. I act like a madman. I let my spittle fall on my beard. I act like an idiot, like as if God had died. And I'm ashamed of myself. He said, that's not the God that I serve. So he begins, and he says in verse chapter 34, verse 1, he says, by George, here's what I'm going to do from now on. He said, I will. I will bless the Lord at what? At all times. At all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now that's easier said than done. But he said, I'm going to do this regardless of my personal circumstances and when my flesh is weak. I feel like sometimes that I'm a hypocrite when I say what I believe, but I don't feel it. Do you do y'all ever have that feeling sometimes that well I just don't feel what I'm saying, but I'm saying what I believe. And so if I so what is it, okay? So if I only say what I feel, that's not what I believe. So which way makes me a hypocrite? Well, I don't want to be the guy who just says what he feels, but that's not what he believes. I'd rather say what I believe, even if I don't feel it right then. And I'm going to keep saying it until I feel it. And if you keep saying it long enough, you will feel it down the road. What you're doing is you're not letting your emotions control you in that situation. That's a lot easier said than done. It is. Now, let's talk about that for just a moment. He said in chapter 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Wow, that's circumstances, when his flesh is weak, when he's been fearful, he said, from now on, I'm going I'm to praise the Lord. He said in verse number 2, he said, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. He said, Oh, magnify. Now he's getting some other people involved. As much as fear, doubt, criticism spreads, it doesn't take but just one guy or two guys or one woman two women say, hey, wait a minute. Let's talk about the goodness of God here. Let's talk about what a blessing that man is or that woman is. And you'll turn the tide on that conversation and the spirit of that room if you will do that. You'll have the courage to do it. Amen? Amen. And so he says here, he he says, the humble shall heal their heaven be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I wonder if he got that them 400 guys singing this song with him. Wouldn't that be quite a sound in a cave for 400 guys? And he's he's playing this tune and singing these guys. I, I don't know if they went in there and they're they're, they're discontented. Okay, they're in debt, um, and they are what's the other one? Distressed. So they're not of the best disposition right now. And yet David is letting these guys know, and these are warriors, these are rough men, these are raw men. He's letting them know that that his eyes and his faith and his trust is in the living God. So basically, hey, if you're going to stick, stick with me, if you're going to follow me, you've got to understand who my leader is and where I'm going. Now, I, listen, I appreciate men who are not afraid to step up and, and and identify themselves with God in front of other men. Yeah. 
It's one thing to say that in front of your wife or your children or your Sunday school class or even your church family. But what about at work? You know, what about at the table when you got ten men sitting around the table at, at a restaurant and at, at, at work and it's time to eat your meal? And right. you know, can you at least say, hey, guys, listen, if y'all don't mind, can I at least pray over my food? That'd be all right. And most of them are, m- most of them are not going to say, man, I don't want you praying. Most of them are going to say, yeah, that's fine with me. Right. Most of them will. And you can get a whole lot of gospel in your praying if you'll pray smart while you're praying. Amen? Yeah. You can do that. You can thank God for saving your soul and for sending him to, to die on the cross. I mean, you can say a lot of stuff in a few minutes while you're praying. I'm going to show you one more thing. Let's go to the house, all right? I want you to turn to Psalm 145. Now, David stuck with this. He stuck with it. I am ashamed of myself that I cannot be more like this because God's been so good to me and so faithful. Amen. And I want you to notice this. Again, it goes back to this personal commitment. You cannot, you cannot do what David did if you don't learn some lessons, number one. But number two, you're going to have to make up your mind. Are you going to step it up and are you going to decide in your heart that God is worthy? Yes. Is God worthy of your thanksgiving and your praise at all times? Or is it only when the bank account is good? Is it only when the health is wonderful? Is it only when everything is top of the world? I mean, can you praise God when you're hurting? That's good. Okay? Look in Psalm 145. Look what he says again. Now, again, now, he's going to say, I will or will I, Two times in verse 1, two times in verse 2, and verse 5, verse 6, verse 21, he's going to say, I made up my mind. He said in verse 1, I will extol thee, my God, O King. I will bless thy name forever and ever. Verse 2 says, every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Made up his mind every day, every day. Every day you should take the time to praise Him for something. Yes. Every day. Yes. And verse 3 says, Great is the Lord. Now, let me skip over a few verses, though. Let me skip over a few verses, okay? To show you this thing where He said, I made up my mind. Look in verse 5. I will speak of the glorious honor of Thy majesty and of Thy wondrous works. As he said, You're not going to keep me quiet. I'm going to talk about God. Yes. He said in verse 6, And men shall speak of the might of Thy terrible act, and I will declare thy greatness. Look at verse 21. He said, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, that all flesh bless His holy name. He said, I'm going to talk about Him. Look in Psalm 146, verse 2. He said, While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. I mean, man, he said, Man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to stay with this the rest of my days. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to bless Him. I'm, and here's the reason why. He's not just... He's not a fruit loop. He's not just chanting to get himself in some kind of a emotional uh, high. He is thinking through and speaking the truth of what he knows about God. For example, 
let's close with these thoughts. And notice in verse number 3, he said, Great is the Lord. And that's why I'm going to praise Him, because He's great. And greatly to be praised. And he said, you know what? His greatness is unsearchable. Look in verse 8. He said, The Lord is. Now, I'm going Brother Kevin, one time I was studying Hebrews 11.6. Do I remember what Hebrews 11.6 says? Anybody? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he, he is. So I made up my mind I was going to go through a, a, a strong concordance and I was going to mark, find every place where it says the Lord is or God is. You'd be amazed at how many times the Bible, and listen, but he says, if you're going to, he said, if you come to me by faith, he says, I want you to believe who I am. And he says right here, he said, the Lord is, verse number eight, is gracious. You believe that? Amen. Will you confess it? He said, and full of compassion. Yes. Do you believe that? Amen. As slow to anger and of great mercy. Yes, amen. So, for you to be godly, for you to be godly, which means you're going to become a gracious man, it means that you're going to be full of compassion. It means that you're going to be slow to anger. And you are going to be of great mercy when you become a godly person. Amen. Because you become like the God you worship. Amen. No, it's good. You do. And look at verse 9. You'll also be good to all, which means you'll be harmless. You'll be good to people. He said the Lord is good to all. That's what David said about him. And notice down in verse 17. He said the Lord is righteous. That means he's going to do right, doesn't it? And everything that he does, he does what's right. Do you? A godly man does. He's always doing what's right. So I want you to understand that the God that you love, the God that you praise, will be the God that you be, will be what you be, become like. Worship Him and praise Him. But David, do you believe that David was committed to this? But, I, but please remember this: he learned this stuff the hard way. He learned it in a cave. He wrote these things down in a cave after he had failed. And so when you fail and your fear gets a hold of you shakes you down to the very, very foundation of your soul and you're, and you're afraid that things are going to go under or whatever's happening to you. Let it drive you toward God, not away from Him. Right. Let it drive you to Him. And David, I think, was ashamed. And I think he confessed. And I think he learned a very valuable lesson. And so the Holy Spirit said, Son, I want you to write down your lesson." He may have said, Lord, let's just between me and you. He said, no, I want everybody else to know that you learned some things. Now, we know he went through some other things that he told us about, but this is one that he learned in a cave. Now, I don't know where God's got you, but I promise you he's trying to teach you something if you'll listen to him. Amen. And when you get up, not when you get up, when you go home, when you get ready to go to bed, whether whether you're bowing your knee or whether you're laying there looking up at the ceiling. David often mentioned that he communed with God upon his bed to talk to him and thank him and praise him for who he is. Amen. When you get up in the morning, 
Sometime during the day, you're probably going to get some, something's going to slip, break, and tear. And there's going to be something that doesn't go well. And you're going to, you're going to question the goodness of God. And you're going to question some things about the Lord, what He allows. But He is so much smarter and wiser than we are. And regardless of what's going on in my life, it doesn't change who He is. That's right. I just can't figure it out. Amen. And sometimes I just need to trust Him. That's right. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll encourage these saints tonight. And the Lord, that they believe in their hearts that you are worthy to be praised. And I ask you to forgive me. Oh, God. Oh, God, for my fears. And, Lord, for my my flesh. And, God, for my whining and my murmuring and my complaining. I'm ashamed of myself. God, I pray you'd help me to be like David. I want to be that man that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And, Lord, I pray you'd forgive us. Help us by the grace of God to be better. And to learn from it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, you're dismissed. God bless you.